Do I need to wear my mask for this fucking thing? Should I wear my mask for this podcast? Man, you do what you gotta do. Give me a cigar. Come on, let's get this going. Where, 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 where's the drinks? They're kind of relaxed. I don't make the drinks here. Are we recording already? Oh, yeah. I, this time I was like, I thought yeah. that out. No, just let's shit go, on. man. Let's go. I need to record some shit. I just want to say fuck you to a lot of people today. Fuck you to all the people. Ah, I know. But, hey, serious question. Since you're the producer, do I need to keep this mask on? No, so no, we no do you, you can take I can it take off. The mask yeah, off? this is your restaurant, so if you're you want to okay. break with whatever nah, the protocol is. but we're in an area, there's no people. We're nah, socially bueno. distanced bueno. from el mundo. And besides, if we were eating together, we wouldn't have the mask on. So. I know, which makes no sense. <laughs> right? It's like <laughs> one of these rules that makes... No, look, listen. From the door to your chair, you need to wear the mask. Right. Ahora, when you're sitting, you're fine. Right. Right. Yeah, once you're in the air conditioning with the air circulating all over the place. Stop it. Don't be spreading rumors. We actually bought uh, filters to filter oh. out viruses. You they were all backordered, but we, we ordered them. You got all hepped out. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know what they're called. But, you know, hey, listen, we're trying to do all the things. Hey, man. listen, uh, this might be your first podcast, but you got to talk into the microphone. <laughs> Welcome to Pon Pom Papo. Pon Pom Papo? <laughs> Oh, man, this, this whole situation has really gotten to you. And imagine I am sober. Uh, I'm high on just uh, caffeine, anxiety, and things. Welcome to... I think you took some pom pom tablets <laughs> before you came in here. Hey, you know, I did that Yelp uh, panel today, and... I, I didn't even know it was Pan happening. Pancom Podcast was referenced at least four oh, times. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we're big time By now. you and Deandra? Yeah, well, by Deandra. Well, did it she was come? like, you know, like you guys talk about on Pongo Podcast. I'm like, yeah, we do all the things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, in case you haven't heard of Pongo Papa. Hey, Pongo Papa. <laughs> did it come up that Eileen has also been a guest? She was a part of this thing. No, <laughs> no. Nah, nah. Annie, too. All of except for Ben Potts. Yeah, yeah. That was Pongo basically, Podcast. Basically, uh, Yelp took a page out of our book. You're welcome, Deandra. You're welcome, Yelp. You're welcome. Multi-billion dollar business. You're welcome. Multi-billion? Really? Look it up. Yeah, no, you're probably right. Look it up. Yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of comepingas that love that website. No, no, no. I know, I know. I'm, I'm honestly, I don't hate it the way you do. We may have to rethink this whole arrangement. <laughs> I'm gonna put out a Craigslist ad for a new producer. We need a new producer that's willing to work for nothing. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> willing to work for nothing and put up with this motherfucker. Yeah. Over here. Uh, you're welcome. So, welcome to this episode of Pancom Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Beltran. I'm here with Nick, the anarchist, Jimenez. Hi. Oh, this is good. I'm yeah, a fan. Yeah, you like that, huh? I'm Give a fan you... of that. Yeah, I like, you know, you have the name for all the things. I have many names. A man of well, of many names. Not many of them good, but... Um, so, we made the decision to start... Wow, you are having problems with that cigar right there. We uh, you gave me the jackal. Yeah, the, the decision to record this podcast was made not very long ago. Um, so we haven't really done a lot of planning here. However, I think that most it's of... fine to not plan. Yeah, most of this podcast probably figures itself out. Um, <laughs> oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Wait, you can pass through it. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's no video. cameras or anything. Yeah. And all of this that we're doing is going to end up in the podcast. Where's your mask? Hey, hey. Hey, cheers. Huh? Hey. Cheers to you, huh? Hell cheers of a time to, to you. be alive. Got a bunch of people rioting. The White okay, House so went dark. We are, so we're you, five days in from post-quarantine world. So... I feel like we're in a movie, for fuck's sake. We're, we're, I'm waiting for the 12 monkeys to be somewhere. We are starting to record this at almost 9 p.m. Monday, June 1st. We have not put out, and this is on me, we have not put out the last episode we recorded. It's fine. 
That but episode we will. was loaded, and I had a hard time with it. But it's okay. We will. It'll get figured out. Today, though, a lot of stuff is happening. Uh, where would you like to begin? I want to talk about curfews. Okay, so just let, to bring people up Sorry, to speed here. So, I just, we have to talk about the fact that I'm being forced to do things I don't want to do. Give me, give me a cutter. The cutter's you here. Put it's thing? your cutter. But I gave it to you. And then, That's a good point. Uh, so, as everyone who has not been living under a rock by now knows, there have been protests ever since the uh, death of George Floyd in Minneapolis. A lot of those protests have devolved into rioting. Uh, I'm calling it a devolution, and I think personally that it's fair to call it that. Uh, but in any case, Miami, like a lot of other cities, has had its police departments, plural, because it's also it's multiple levels in multiple cities, respond by, among other things, imposing curfews. So what, right. what have the curfews been? Because it's, it's varied from day to day, right? Well, it's funny, because yesterday, in my tirade of outspokenness, which everyone should be shocked by, I was singled out in Coconut Grove, and they came to my establishments to make sure that I knew. You're Chef Mike, right? That's what I heard. You're Chef Mike? Yeah? Okay. To make sure that I knew. Now, to be clear, before they show up, you had already posted. I had already posted my displeasure with my elected officials. Right. That's absolutely correct. You tagged them and all the rest. I tagged them. We did all the things. We brought up all the stuff that they suck at, which is plenty of things. And then... I was approached by two police officers telling me that... No, sorry. Sorry to time out here. Tell me... No, because for the person listening, because I think this is... So, if if I remember right, the... First of all, it was Instagram story, so it was relatively short. But the Cliff's notes of it was basically, you all are imposing a curfew because of the fact that there are people responding to what government has already failed at. So, now I'm having to deal with... To put it into context... I told them my thoughts, which is, um, and it's a, a plethora of things, but systematic racism, the failure to hold people accountable, uh, the fact that the system and society is somewhat fucked in essence is because our elected officials for years have failed at their job, which is to do justice. And I pointed that out. Sure. And especially the ones that we have in office now. One's not sure what he's doing. And the other one is just corrupt from the core up. So it's like, yes, I called them out. This is my freedom to call people out. Now, in response, I had people telling me that if I was not off the road by a certain time, I would be arrested and my vehicle impounded. And not just mine, but my staff's. And me, I don't care. Meaning off the road from the parking spots? Yes. Okay. Now, me, I don't care. If I would have gone to jail for my job and for my establishments, I'm totally okay with that. But the other people that work for me that have done nothing but suffer for the last 90 days with no job, with unemployment, what is it? Like the the actual amount of people that have received unemployment checks is like 10% from the 100% that have actually applied. And now that the world is real, it's just like a fucking mess. So there's people just trying to earn a living. Simply trying to do their thing. And like the mafia, I feel like I was bullied by my own government. Right? I was told I was going to be arrested and that my vehicle would be impounded. It's incredible. And I just looked at the guy. And then the guy's story to me in response was, you know, it's because out of all these out-of-state... Nick's got an alarm going on. What? 
could someone possibly have an alarm for at 8.45 at night? I went p.m. instead of a.m. by mistake. Perfect. <laughs> you probably, so you didn't wake up on time today? I, I have like four alarms. That, oh, so, yeah, well, one of them was off <laughs> for problems like this. I'm glad you're in charge of the podcast. I'm prepared. That's good. So, here's my thing. So, so they showed up asking for you by name, though. Well, first they talked to my director of operations, okay. which in essence came to find me. Yep. And then once she found me, she called me by name. I mean, they called me by name. And then they, you know, it's just like, it feels like it's from my outspoken nature. You're Mike, the chef, right? Yes, that is me. It's not, I'm not famous, bro. No right. one knows who the fuck I am other than the 22 people that listen to this podcast. Right. Other than that, nobody knows who the fuck I am. So that. Although you don't know if they listen. Maybe the cops are among the 22. Maybe. Good chance. I doubt it. I think they'd have a better head on their shoulders if they did. They didn't say, could you sign my... uh, No, they did ask for a sticker, and I told them not, not. No, (laughs) I would not give you a sticker. I will not, sir. You will not get a sticker (laughs) off of me. So, and then it leads me to today. To today, as soon as I get into work, my director of operations walks into my office and says, Chef, what are we going to do today? I'm like, we're going to open today. What do you mean? He said, but... There's a curfew. I'm like, fuck that, fuck them, and fuck their curfew. So I fucking, I called some people. And then, you know, it's all like, it's this crazy, like, miscommunication and confusion. It's like mass confusion. And then I get back. They call me back. And they said, well, the restaurants weren't supposed to be closed. And I said, you know why I find that funny? Because at 8 o'clock, I waited till 7.57, because it literally takes me two minutes to get home, to drive home. I drove around the Grove, and let me tell you, there was one restaurant that was closed, which was mine. No just shit. mine. Just I, mine. This I didn't know. Just my restaurant. The rest of them were fucking open. I had no idea about yeah. that. Yeah. How about them fucking apples? That's wow. crazy. Talk about not fucking singling someone out. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. mind-blowing. Yeah. My mind is thoroughly blown right now. Blown! Wow. This is good. Nick, what are we smoking? This episode is brought to you by Aganorsa Leaf. They're the makers of excellent cigars that stand out because of the distinctive flavors of their own Corojo 99 and Criollo 98 seeds cultivated by Cuban agronomists in Jalapa and Esteli, Nicaragua. Mike, what are we smoking right now? Wow. This is... Oh, you took your band off. Aganorsa Leaf Nicaragua, which... So uh, we recently came into possession of several different Aganorsa cigars. We did. But this is the first time that we smoke this particular blend together. Yeah. I like it. I like it, too. And I think that it pairs... I would smoke it again. I think it pairs well with, like, something heavy like this. Like the pizza we just like ate. Like the pizza we just ate. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, for, for those of you who are novice smokers, you don't want to go, like, some light Connecticut thing. Right. You know, if you're going to eat something super heavy like a big steak or I've been smoking Chicago the, pizza. The Connecticut, the Connecticut you gave me. Right. Yeah, yeah. Which they're delicious. So there's that. Yeah. Uh, so the Aganorsa portfolio of cigars includes, aside from what we're smoking right now, JFR, JFR Lunatic, Guardian of the Farm, and Casa Fernandez Cigars. Uh, Aganorsa, which was founded by Eduardo Fernandez, fun fact, co-founder of Telepizza, the uh, European-born pizza chain, mm. has manufacturing in Esteli, Nicaragua, and Miami, where they make, among other blends, the Casa Fernandez Miami Aniversario. It's Aganorsa's ultra-premium line. Big fan of that cigar as well. Blended for optimal performance in specific sizes, including a box-pressed Lancero. Aniversario is both bunched and rolled by hand in Miami by master Cuban rollers using only that Aganorsa leaf tobacco that we mentioned earlier, including Aganorsa's own Corojo 99 wrapper. The cigars are complex, rich, 
and full-bodied. You like my Full-bodied. Tremendo body. Oh, baby. <laughs> Tremendo body. That's Tremendo. a great name for a cigar. Tremendo body. Tremendo body. Uh, perfect for the experienced smoker to celebrate those special moments in life, like, for instance, your first deep dish or stuffed Chicago pizza. Exactly. Only great leaf makes great cigars. Aganorsa leaf. Aganorsa leaf. Aganorsa leaf. I hear it's more effective if you say it three times. Uh, it's a good leaf. <laughs> I'm mind blown, hence why I'm having a cocktail right now. Has any have you spoken to any other restaurant owners about like whether they had that interaction at all? Like or this no. was a totally isolated they came here, they spoke to you, that was You know, I did notice that Green Street was empty. I don't know if it's just because they're slow or okay. it was empty or they had been closed. But there was a couple of other I mean I'd say you know, there's not a lot of restaurants right now. Right. Chugs was already supposed to be closed. Right. I don't know if but even so, or... even so, Chugs supposed to be closed. There was people sitting on my furniture outside of Chugs. So it's just people around. Yeah. But then you threatened my staff with sending them to fucking jail for doing their fucking job. Yeah. How fucking incredible is that? Yeah. I just want to sing this to the high heavens, everyone. It is incredibly, incredibly demoralizing as someone that believes in this country to feel like the country is fighting against us. And not just me, right? I'm just fighting for my business. There's a bunch of people, let's say, protesters, 100% of them. There's 20% that don't know what the fuck they're protesting for, right? right. Those are the ones oh, that... Are, I think it's more than 20. But. Let's say it's 50%. There's 50% that don't know what they're protesting for. And those are the same fuck faces that are throwing shit through windows. Well, throwing shit... To, to be clear, I'm not saying more than, more than 20% are throwing shit. I'm saying in almost any march, most people would have a hard time articulating what they're trying to accomplish. But... No, and then, it's and then, not twenty percent are throwing. And things. then the cop tells me, "Said, listen, man, listen, listen, man. We're dealing with all these out-of-state rioters and terrorists. They're 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 terrorists. I can tell you, I'm there. I'm looking at the crowd. I'm looking at the crowd, and I know that they're not locals. And I was like, what is this? A sci-fi movie? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? For fuck's sake!" That doesn't make any fucking sense. It's kind of like, uh, like, you ever watched that reality show where Steven Seagal is, is a cop? So Steven Seagal is like an actual cop in Louisiana. I would just like to preface this by, this is the same person that watched the Tyrannosaurus Nun thing. Yes, which was excellent. Right, okay. Uh, so no, I haven't seen that Steven yeah, Seagal no, movie, it's, I'm it's, sorry. So this whole thing of like, I look at them and I know they're not from here, Steven Seagal will be patrolling, and then like his... Steven oh, they're Seagal, aliens. His Steven Seagal spidey senses turn well, on. He does, and he, he sees does like the eye. red aura. He does the yeah, eye. he does that. He does yeah, that. He like eye. looks out the patrol car. I know Seagal. Yeah. Seagal does good work. Oh, yeah, yeah. And hey, then he, go, he goes and he does his Aikido on some... I feel like Keanu Reeves is trying to mimic Seagal in his career. Okay. If That's you look fair. at If you look at the body of work, yeah. you know, they all got it. And then I think if you were to look at Keanu Reeves, Seagal, and Nicolas Cage, yeah. Con Air, Nicolas Cage, Face Con Air Off, Nicolas Cage... Yeah. National Treasure, Nicholas Cage. Those are all sim- similar characters. Okay. Okay. Got it. Anyways, National Treasure is a little okay. outside of that wheel. I like that movie. Actually. It is. Yeah. It's, I'm, not, it's a fun, I'm not mad at his it. His movies are all fun. I mean, no, Con they're Air, not all fun. Con Air is fun. Well, Travolta made the movie. You're thinking Face Off. That's what I said. I said Con Air. Oh no, Con Air. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Con Air is also fun. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Right. Wait, Nicolas who Cage. was in The Rock? Was he in The Rock? Yeah. Yeah. The Rock was a good movie. And Sean Connery. I take it all back. But yeah, Sean yeah. Connery carried the movie. Nicolas Cage carried no, that movie. Sean Connery Cage wasn't stabbing Nicolas himself Cage with any needles. No movies. That needle scene where then he like no, extends no, no. his arms toward jets flying over him for no reason. 
You remember that scene? He's like, oh, ejection, and then planes. So I'd like to say that before I came here to this podcast, I drove around the Grove one time, and there's eight cops, six cops positioned throughout the Grove. Yeah. I'm excited to see what happens today. Is that what you left for? Yes. So you told me you needed me here earlier. No, no, wait, no. But I, I thought I was going to leave earlier, but I got, you know, things are happening. Uh-huh. I'm running uh-huh. restaurants. Right, right, right. Yes. I'm just saying that I was here set up and you took a joyride. I thought ride. you were going to get something to eat or something. That's usually your move. You get something to eat, you hang out, nah, you get food's a drink, not that good. you smoke a cigar. What? Food's not that good. Yeah, that's whatever. No, I really, w- I, w- I would have if I had known that you were going to take a joyride. That's really the reason I'm upset here. But anyway, okay, so, so that happened and that is insane. These were city cops, city of Miami. Uh, yes. Not county. And then they were like, listen, man, you know, this guy, fucking cops sometimes. It's like the bad ones really give the good ones like such a bad rap. I think it's like that in everything in life, right? So anyways, this guy, he's telling me, he's like, you know, he's pulling on his thing. He's holding on. And he's like, listen, the county guys, those county guys, they're way worse than us. They catch you out there. You're in big trouble. And I'm like, you just threatened to arrest me and impound my car. What worse can this man do to me? What worse can happen? At that point, I'm going to jail for absolute fucking nothing. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> so what's worse than this? I'm confused. Yeah. I think it's worth noting. Like, it's, I think you know that things are, are ridiculous one way or another when like you're talking about that. And both of us are kind of cracking up about We're this. laughing. Because it's like, what, what can you do? It's We're like, laughing. It's so absurd. We're in a country that I find this absurd. It's just, I, freedom. I feel like at the end of the Braveheart, Braveheart, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, when he's, when he's like, they ask him to uh, kneel for the whatever. Yeah. And he's like, freedom! They can take our fritas! Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. No, they can't take our fritas. No. Nor can they take our freedom. We fled for that reason. Right. To have fritas <laughs> and freedom. We didn't have to choose one. Right, right. Yeah, no rationing of the fritas here. Right. Uh, okay, so so that's what happened. And then today, what is the situation? This was all yesterday, Sunday. Yes. What's the situation today with the curfew and all the rest? Well, I spoke to uh, Commissioner Ken Russell. And I will say he was very forthcoming. He was very helpful. Okay. How much can you tell us about what that covered? No, Did I just you said- speak to him about that episode? Oh, yeah. Okay, so what was... What yeah, I out? told him I was singled out. Absolutely. And I can't wait. Francis Suarez, if you're anywhere and you hear me, what I'm saying, and you want to have a conversation about me being singled out about anything, let's have a conversation because I was singled out about something. But I don't know. I've tweeted towards you 7,000 million times, and since I'm not cute or like a 25-year-old girl, you haven't responded yet. Is that what he does? Oh, Bobby, come on. Man. Let's go. Let's be serious here. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't no, follow- I know. Just I look at the guy's follow- track record. I don't follow Francis Suarez. Yeah. No, neither do I. Neither do I. But, you know, I look at the timelines. Oh, this is fascinating. I know. This will be a whole other episode. I know, I know. Uh, But I will say, (laughs) I will say, Ken Russell, and then not only did he answer my questions, he said he was going to dive deeper and then called me back twice. Good on you, Ken Russell. Good on you. I'd like to say thank you. Just to Ken Russell, though. Just to Ken Russell. The rest of them can go fuck themselves. Right. In all the ways. Oh, which which are some of those ways? <laughs> Listen, this is not this is not a. Is this a family show? No, nah, this is a. We don't go past rated R here. It's a TV MA or whatever. We leave right. that. That's Skinamax post eleven thirty. 
Welcome to the Skinamax edition of Bomb <laughs> no, Gold Podcast. We need Mike Ortiz for that. Oh, that's yeah. good. Welcome. No, it's yeah. too, that's no. too like sports center. I gotta say, for based on the very beginning of this episode, you've uh, you've upped your sexy podcast voice game. I've for that worked intro. on it. Yeah, endlessly, tirelessly in the yeah. bathroom with like a hair comb up to your da, mouth. Da, da, oh, I yeah. wish this were video. <laughs> <laughs> that face was great. Um, okay, so. Outside of that, let's set let's set that and the protesting and all that aside for just a second because we've been talking about the restaurant. So I think it's a more natural tangent to talk about how things have been outside of the police issue, just with the reopening. And because the last time we spoke, you were on the cusp and planning for the reopening at the reduced capacity and all the rest. Right. Well, I'd like to openly say that my staff has done an absolutely incredible job adjusting and working and doing all the things and it's weird you know reopening was weird it's been weird been like very uneven you know like area did very well and then today no one showed up zero of the people showed up of the people who work here no oh i was gonna say patrons really but then you know like nave when it opened it was like but nave is also new right so it was like you could tell that people have to, oh, remember that it's there. Right. It's got five years of history, so it's like quicker. People like want to go back to their favorite place or whatever the fuck. So, And, you know, it was uh, for the staff. Everyone was rusty. We implemented a bunch of new things, new procedures and protocols, so on and so forth. So it was like a lot of things. Yeah, a lot of figuring out. Shit. Um, lots of work. I think I have so much energy right now just because I actually, well, because of the curfew. Thank you for the curfew. I was actually go to sleep. I was able to go to sleep at 10. Yep. Yesterday was shocking. Every other day we've been leaving here at like one or two in the morning. Because um, also now, like with limited capacity, you could only do so many reservations at a time. So it spreads out the actual business you're doing. So you leave later is what I've noticed. Great. So, but all in all, like um, it's been okay. Just there's a good amount of assholes out there that like, oh, I need to wear my mask. What? Really? Listen, this isn't about you. I, it's not about you. It's about me, the health of my people, and my business. I can give three fucks if you want to wear your mask on a daily basis. But when you come to an establishment, a food establishment, bring a mask, wear a mask. If you don't have it, you're not going to come in. Simple. It's just like that. And yeah. if you think you're above that, you can go fuck yourself. Got a lot more on the line than just you being a fucking asshole. Right. Period. Right. So that's like pretty much the gist of the first like five days of opening. You know, it's been... Um, Mm. the continual conversation of government overreach. So it's like the, um, was it Wednesday morning, Art Noriega, which is basically, which was a glorified meter maid for years and now is somehow a commissioner of something. He's the city manager. So I don't know what that means. Yeah, what he, what he does like, a city manager do? Manages things poorly. Yeah, city manager basically is in charge of things like managing the budget and all the administrative administrative. So the commission would be voting on things. City manager is sort of like the administrator. Right. It makes yeah. total sense that we made a meter made the city manager. Right. So, and he, by the way, the the move you're about to talk about, to your point about him being shitty, like as a good city manager, I think he was, should have had a hand in making sure that this stuff was clear to begin with and didn't have to be corrected. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just like everything over the last three months. It's like, well, we're not sure. 
we're just going to make bad decisions after the fact. Like, we're, we're not totally sure the world's going to open on the 18th, but you know what? The Grove, you can't open. you got to wait, even though South Miami's totally fine. The uh, city of Miami, not just the Grove. I know. I'm just I'm talking about my, where I'm at. I'm sorry. I'm just saying they didn't have anything to do with the decision about South Miami. What I, yes. But it's relevant. But I, it's not relevant because they all, listen, why can't people sit in a room and have a communication about how it should just go? But what people? Basically, it's Carlos Jimenez and uh, Francis Suarez. But then how far do you take that? Does Carlos Jimenez have to go by whatever DeSantis says? Because by that logic, if each city can't come to its own conclusions, then why should the county come to its own conclusions when there's somebody above them? I guess it's you're not totally false. What I am saying though is, since this is so, it's just like two intertwined cities. They're uh, they're overlapping on top of each what, other. What Wouldn't I think it have been is beneficial for everyone to be on the same fucking page. I mean, what I think is I that feel like as, we've been having the same argument for three. No, years, I, I but, but I don't disagree with you in the sense that what's good for the Grove isn't necessarily good for Brickle, or for downtown, or whatever. And so there's no reason why, as difficult as it might be to manage these things, they could have taken into account the peculiarities of what life is like in the Grove for what the rules should be in the Grove. I think we should Instagram live this. What do you think? It's like the flavor of the year. The the last time I saw you, I told you that I've become anti-Instagram live in general. I know, I know. But you're welcome to Instagram live. But that's why I do that, because you're anti it. Yeah, but you agreed with me when I said it, and now you're busting out your phone to Instagram live this. So while you're figuring that out, and eventually you'll do the selfie cam because this is very uncomfortable. Um, I feel like I'm a cop doing something naughty and you're pointing your phone at me. Um, so, okay, so that's what the reopening situation was like for you. Uh, what would you say, you know, the, the last time that we, that we spoke, part of the conversation was about your role just as a leader. And we were talking about a totally different issue. Yes, Let's kind of revisit that leader role. Talk about what it's been like leading a team through all the rest of what's been going on between the, the protests, uh, the killing of George Floyd and how that made uh, a lot of people feel. Like that, that has to have been something that in some way touched how you have been leading this team over the last several days. Well, I mean. Would you like me to hold your phone and point it at you? That'll be interesting. Let's see how that goes. So, I think, um, I think the most difficult thing has been the the fact that we reopened three properties in one day, right? And from like a leadership perspective, it was just like you've been planning for like three months, and then all of a sudden it's like all right there, and you think you've thought about everything, but you really haven't. So you're at this point that you're just kind of like, well, we missed this. What do we do about this? And moving forward, and then. As you go through that, whole, and I, I'll never forget it, as you go through that, like, sat the first Saturday night service, and we're getting fucking crushed, and, like, things are happening, and the staff is stressed, and everyone is stressed, then, like, we get this alert that uh, there's a, a city curfew, and we need to be home by a certain time. Which Talk, uh, talk into the microphone. Uh, so, uh, some people want to hear this. Maybe just don't point it directly at your nips. <laughs> Oh, Nick. So it was just like, okay, so I'm just thinking at that point, I'm like, I'm going to run with this. Yeah. I'm just going to go. You know, I made everyone aware that there's a curfew and everyone just kept on working and doing the thing. But, I mean, you got to lead by example, right? You got to stay there with your troops and do your thing. And, you know, but then what really was even more 
like a bigger thing was to see it escalate throughout that night and then Sunday that happened that <clears throat> we had uh, we were shut down well you know they came and they found me and they said you need to shut down but the rest of the grove could stay open but you sir need to shut down right so I don't know I mean it's just like I think emotionally it's been taxing you know I've seen I've hugged my employees people have cried it's the stress is high you know you're talking with this mask which is like you know it's now so like like this this is the thing now this is the thing you have to talk like this and you're talking to a guest like this like how does a guest even know that you smile how does a guest even know that you're being hospitable how do they know like what you're trying to communicate towards people like they don't know so everything that we've been trained to do for our entire life is now completely different right so it's now like working through all of that and then not getting any assistance from the government whatsoever about how that's supposed to work. Because then when you go back to Wednesday and the day that we're supposed to open and the day that we did open, then we're like three hours before we open. We're like, hey, you know, tourists, you're not supposed to open. And then it's like, no, no, no. But we had this license. OK, now you can open just outside. Well, that's cool because it's fucking June in Miami. So it's totally cool to just sit outside. But again, there's like, oh. And then, and then, uh, I, I, someone sends me an article. Hey, Justin, come on out, man. Doesn't yeah. he? Doesn't he look like Gardner Minshew? Look at that guy. Should we? Yeah, right yeah, there he is. Hey, Gardner Minshew. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, through that whole like fucking thing, I someone sends me an article that the GM CVP has decided it's a good idea to start Miami Spice in June. June. That's today. So that means technically Miami Spice was supposed to start today. But it did not start today. No, I, I'm sure other people started it. I did not start it. Oh, but that's a, that did happen. That did happen. Maybe that's okay. why my dining room's empty. Thank you, GMCVB, for all of your efforts to fuck my shit up. I appreciate that. By the way... Uh, so, uh, Tell me, by the way. No, that, that has also fucked up Bancom Podcast shit up. Why? Because there were advertisers who were backing out because they don't want to get lost in the deluge of messaging about Miami Spice. Really? Yeah. Great. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> nice. Nick, you could stay with no money for more months. All right. This is weird. You just pointed this phone at me. That's Nick, everyone. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're the one doing all the talking around here. No, nah, we're, we're going to switch this out so we can at least like put it down here or something. So, anyways, I'll move over here. Yeah. Stop people just living in So, and then on top of that, so it's like, listen, I know you haven't made any money for three months. You've yeah. made no money, right? Zero money. So now you're at 50% capacity. Great. Now we want you to make menus that are $39 for three courses. Cool. Have at it. And in that process, they talk to nobody. Right. Zero people. I also think you as the guy, you're the guy of all the things. You can get someone. I don't know what that no, means. It's not, I'm, that sounds cool, but I don't no, know. You are. I don't know if I want that. If if you can find someone from the GMCVB that has the stones to come on the show and talk to me, I think that's oh, a good idea. We'll do that. Have the stones. You we'll gotta have that. a large set of stones. Yeah. Both, I'm both stones should be big. Both. Because I'm gonna fucking tear you apart. Because it's like, first of all, it's so lazy. I mean, that that's not really a great way to entice people to come on. But yeah, whatever. Sure. But then, 50% capacity, $39, 
riots curfew. You've it comes, the $39 includes a riot? <laughs> At this point, it should. The riot is coming from me. But, like, I, so the rumor has always been in the food world that the GMCVB is worried about no one but hotels because they create the most revenue, right? The hotels are closed. Yeah. But they're slowly reopening. Right. So hotels look at their restaurants as amenities. They don't look at them as, like, revenue centers. Right. So they're like, cool. A cool way to drive people back to hotels is by offering them $39 menus. Mm-hmm. So now, let's just do this for hotels. And then in that process, there's other chefs. This is, like, so similar to Uber Eats, right? Which I know you're a fan of Uber Eats, and I'm sorry. But I, well, I'm, is, I'm not a fan. No, you're a fan. You're no, a fan. No. no, they're good business. No, they, I just, they no that's not what I'm saying at all. I just, don't ah. th- I just don't think they're evil. I just don't see them as evil. No, they're the empire. <laughs> that's what they are. Darth Sidious, Darth Maul. Hey, it's your show. Darth Vader. It's your show. All of them work for Uber Eats. And they may work for the GMCVB at this <laughs> point, too. I want to see how nerdy we can get this Uber Eats hate <laughs> to go. <laughs> Star Trek. No, GMCVB is the wrath of Khan. They are, they're the Borg <laughs> of the restaurant industry. <laughs> they have, they have, no, yeah. but that's a good, that you is a I very good. You thought I didn't know shit. That is a very good analogy. Because they are assimilating. Assimilation is futile. Every- oh, that's good. They are assimilating everybody. No, but hear me out. Listen, put your phone down. Pay attention. No, I'm going to Instagram live. Oh, but you're going to Instagram live I know, now. peer pressure. I got Look peer pressure into this. <laughs> this is good. Uh, we have some famous people on here. No way. Look at that. Carlos Frias is watching the live. Carlos, no, he's uh, He is not. We are famous at this get point. Get out of here. Let's talk some more. Yes. Let's talk some more. That's a good plan for a podcast. Let's talk some more about how... Before I even go into, like, uh, government things, the GMCVB, right? Yes. And why they did this and why they are like Uber Eats, right? Because every restaurant in August and September is worried about not doing uh, Miami Spice, yep. right? Because their fear is that no one is going to come. Then the, no, the restaurants will be empty. So this is like another mafia move, right? We got to stronghold it. I remember the article. It said, we already have 88 restaurants signed on. Last year we had 250. Well, I don't know. There's 88 people that are just being ridiculous right now. Because uh, why do you not want more money at this point? Don't we need more money? We don't need $39 a person. And then the response I got was, well, you could be creative with your menu. Yes, you're fucking right. I can be creative with my fucking menu. I can. But what? why? I've sacrificed the last three months of my life. Let me do my thing. You know how hard it is? To, to do a menu for $13 a person, because that's literally what you have to do for it to make any sense at all whatsoever. And then restaurants, there he is. See you later, gardener. Take it easy. You look like a million bucks, huh? That's what a million bucks looks like, Justin Flit. But then, in that process, they're saying, um, I know you've been struggling for three months, but now struggle some more. Every responsible restaurant owner sets themselves up for August and September. They know... They're going to do numbers. They're not going to make any money. It's just going to provide more people through the door. And, and what here, does that do? Again, because we have such an international audience. We're talking right. about in South Florida. Yes. Yes. I know. Don't forget about Salina. Salina, Kansas. The people there can't be assimilated. They would never be assimilated like uh, Miami Spicers. Right. Like, for, I mean, fuck, man. New York does Miami Spice for a week, and they top it out there. We do it for eight weeks. And now these people want to run it all the way to fucking August. Like, what? This doesn't make any sense. 
And then oh, so the idea is to run it all the way to. From August. my understanding, I thought yes. it was like to move the month, to shift the month. No, no. Wow. I could be wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Welcome to so... Bang Kong speculation. That's this is a good place to be. We should yeah. call it Info War Info Wars at Bang Kong Podcast. Are are you the Alex Jones of the food industry? <laughs> are are you? <laughs> Are you turning the frog legs no, gay? No, no, no. Are the frog legs gay at Ariette? No, no, no. <laughs> no, this is crazy. That's crazy. This is 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 crazy. But do you, does my, it, it, does it not make any sense? Am I being like absolutely ridiculous about this? The fact that we struggled so long. And you know, and it's a simple question. Did you guys talk to anyone who owns an actual restaurant about this? That's what I'd like to know. Did you consult anyone that actually owns a restaurant? Or did you just do it because you thought it was a good idea? Yeah, I mean, I would I would say that that is the fact that you weren't consulted there, and if you're right that neither was anyone else, is even more absurd from the standpoint of whether what you're doing aligns with who you're supposed to be serving and what your objectives are than anything the city did. The city is not okay, but at least the city has the excuse of like law and order and we got to do this and we got to do that with these people it's like we're supposed to be helping you survive right that's the only thing we're charged with doing right and you're saying they didn't consult with you and none of this oh, but they're sense. not helping anyone survive but their own well-being that's what i'm saying right and it's, it's like okay, okay so then and <laughs> i love it they get the pat on the back that well we didn't charge anyone this year for miami spice wow that's nice thanks you didn't charge anyone that's because no one has any fucking money. So no one would be able to pay you anyways. So you didn't charge anyone? You think that's fucking doing me a fucking favor? No. It's because no one has any money. So that's why they didn't charge anyone. I, it's like uh, I just keep on reading through like comments of things. And it just continues to not make any sense to me. Because after months of just bleeding, right? And then saying, all right, we're back open Let's do something. Let's generate some revenue. Let's pump blood back into this thing. We're told that we need to hold our craft to down to $39. And listen, the problem is never just the $39. I'm sure I can create a fantastic menu for 15 bucks. But the problem is the labor that it takes to put it together, right? You got to pay for that labor. So then people will say, well, you got the PPP thing. I'm like, that's not enough. This is not enough to run a good restaurant. And then you got to pay your bills. And then you got to pay for product. And then you got to... It's just... I'm absolutely... I'm exhausted of being exhausted at this point. And that's why I'm so animated. Because at this point, I'm so exhausted, I'm animated. This is, uh, this is like 11-level animation for <laughs> because me. Because I'm, ex- I'm, I'm furious. I am furious. Because all we do is we continue to be pushed around. And people continue to be okay with it. They continue to be pushed around and okay with the fact that other people are making decisions for us. And all we're doing is like sheep saying it's fucking okay. It's okay. Oh, we have to do Miami Spice. No, fuck you. We don't have to do Miami Spice. We don't have to do any of that shit. If everyone came to a collective collective agreement and said, this is bad for us. No one should do this. Then no one would do it. But as soon as you start to say, we need to do it because I am scared, then... Yeah, I get it. Be scared. I'm scared. Everyone's scared. Right. Shit, I mean, you know, this weekend was scary. Are people going to show up? No one showed up today. Right. Which I expected. Shit happens. Like, in this time, I expect it to be absurdly slow some days and absurdly good some other days. 
But now, with that, you want me to say it's only 39 bucks a person? And I've heard, and I've heard, and this, I won't quote who told me or where it came from. And I've heard people have said, and these are people within the community. Well, you know, if I, if I'm going to go out, I need to have a deal. Bro, I would, in every sense of my sensibility, I would tell that person to go fuck themselves. You need a deal? Why do you need a deal? Have, like, just do it because it's the right thing to do. I need to give you a deal to go out again? What do I need to become Domino's? Five ninety nine pizzas? For fuck's sake? Well, like, to, to be fair, I mean, a, a, a lot of these people may be dealing with some of the their own economic issues from the pandemic. What right? about so, the ones that aren't? No, 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 I understand. What about the ones that have been employed the whole time? But even the ones who have been employed, even if you've been employed, even even people who even people who still shut have, up, Danny, get back to work. <laughs> even people who still have their jobs are very likely at businesses that have taken hits. Sure. So there is something to, and you can have your job, but you might still be afraid to lose it because who knows where this is going to be. Well, where I heard that from, those people have none of those problems. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like. I, I, I dare someone to tell me that and then tell me their rationale. I need to give you a deal to go out and support restaurants. I just think it depends on the person and the situation. And Maybe. Perhaps. I mean, for sure. I think that person just being cheap. Maybe. Yeah. I'm yeah, just maybe. saying. Like, in the, I, just, I can only go by what I know and who I am. Right? You tell me. I'll give you a good example. Do you want the good example? Okay. All right. I got you to bite. So I, I, I frequent a coffee shop. I don't need to go to the coffee shop. I own a coffee shop. I go to the coffee shop because I want to support. These $5 a day that I spend in this coffee shop go very far. I'm sure. I support what they do. I support who they are. I support the product that they have. Everything. I drive out of my way to go to this coffee shop. Okay. okay. I have accumulated 250 points towards my thing. They have, you know, like the... Uh, loyalty thing that they do on like uh, all the things, the toast and the square yeah. and whatever. I hope they do a better job of selling it than you. I'm have. sure they do. And it says every time I'm about to pay, they say you can redeem your $10 coupon today. And I don't want it. Right. I don't want the coupon. I want to support. It. I want to give you my money. Yeah. It's five bucks. Yeah. And I could probably save that money. I probably could, but I'd rather support the community. Right. With my five bucks. Right. And this is why I'm furious about these statements that I hear. And I'm furious about the fact that somebody thinks it's a good idea. Listen, with the amount of money that they have, right? Why not just put money behind restaurants and supporting getting people back into them? That's not giving people a deal. I, I'm just not a proponent. It's like the, the, the 99 cent coffee, right? Like just because you have 99 cent coffee doesn't mean I'm going to go there every day, Right. It needs to be good coffee. It needs to be good hospitality. It needs to be good service. It needs to be a good place. For you. Yeah, for me. Yeah. Yeah, for me. For me, it needs to be those things. So it's like the $39 menu to me is the same way. I don't feel like I need to get – I like, why? Just come and have a good experience. We have plenty of options on the menu. Maybe you can get out of here with spending 39 bucks, right? But now you're forcing me and you're handcuffing me to just this menu that's $39. Why? Right. And now every owner is going to be like, well, we have to do it. I don't. I just don't. It's like Uber Eats. We don't have, you don't have to do that shit, man. Fuck them too. But then just don't do it. I'm not doing it. Good. But I can be infuriated by it too. Okay. You, yeah. you can be. You can be. And I think other people should be infuriated by it as well. Because look, even more so, 
let's say there's restaurants that don't qualify for Miami Spice because their check average and what they serve is not enough. This is a better argument. I think I just created a better argument. Their, their <laughs> menus. You heard it here first, people. Yeah. Their menus don't qualify under Miami Spice rules to be Miami Spice worthy. I don't know what the fuck that means. Is what that what they them? call it? Yeah, kind of, I guess. Okay. You know, pizza shops, sandwich shops, lunch places, grab-and-go places, whatever. You know, a quick a dinner they can go out and you're going to have for 30 bucks for two people, right? This program alienates those places. And a lot of times they're smaller, they're mom-and-pop places, they're, I don't know, really good pizza places, right? So this automatically alienates them, too. This automatically puts them in a place that they can't compete with, let's say, uh, PAL, which I don't even think that they're open. But let's say PAL, that the check average is usually $115 a person, right? Well, now they're giving out meals for 40 bucks a head, right? So now you're automatically not going to think about your local submarine pizza place right. to go out on a Tuesday. Maybe you're going to want to go to PAL. So it's alienating people. And where is PAL? Does anybody know? In a hotel. I'm shocked by that. I am shocked. The program is built and that entire place is built to prop up hotels and hotel restaurants and not restaurants like mine. And you know, history shows I am a supporter of Miami Spice. I am the one every year that they call to do events, the pre-whatever event, the thing. We have a thing. You have to collaborate with a person. And you do a dinner and whatever. I'm the person. I've done it for two straight years. This year, I will happily say you can go fuck yourself. I will not be doing it. Because the people that you use as a crutch every year, right? Now, you decided to just come. You didn't consult anybody in the process. And you just did your own thing. What, okay, so so clearly we're not happy with these people. Or you are not. What? would you say is not the solution because I think that Miami Spice because it's run by the uh, uh, GMCVB some such acronym right would there be a solution in doing something more hyper local for the growth where you got buy in from restaurant owners in the grove and it accounted for the way the grove is say that again in other words, if there were something like Miami Spice, but designed narrowly for people in this neighborhood, right, and that accounted for their clientele, what the seasonality looks like here, sure. what there is to do, what the hours look like, would that be a potential solution? Maybe. Because I, I tend to think that the more local something is, maybe not the better, but the more responsive it can be to the people that it's trying to serve. And Miami Spice is trying to serve a big metro area. Right. You know, and, but your needs are not the same needs as Adrian's by Tamiami Airport, Absolutely for example. Not. No. So I wonder whether, just to put that out I into that, the world. I think that the function of the whole thing is pretty archaic. I think that the whole program, and you know, like, usually every year I'm all for it, but this year I'm, like, exhausted from being just broke, I guess. That it's like, and not only that, like... I, uh, Pass me that lighter instead of hoarding I, everything on your. I side look of at, I look at people and my employees like this. These people, and I'm like, now they got to try to live off of uh, things that are thirty nine dollars. Like tips now is thirty nine bucks. Right. So it's, it's a tip on thirty nine. Yeah. 
Yes. And you know, I think the biggest fact that those people, because why would they know or why would they care? Last year, we were planning for Miami Spice for four months. Four months. We planned for it for four months to be properly prepared, have everything in tow. And then they release a statement five days before June 1st saying that they're going to do Miami Spice June 1st. That is just so narrow-minded. It's so, like, shallow to think that, oh, yeah, we'll just slap this shit together. We're totally good. We're totally fine. It's cool. We'll figure it the fuck out. All right. So let's shift gears here because we've spent – we're close to, like, 40 minutes in. Uh, Maybe a little longer, possibly. What else is on your mind? Let's take take yourself out for a moment of Ariette in your restaurants, which I know is tough, but there are a lot of things happening. It yeah. could even be things that are like more fun. What's there's no fun in my, my brain right now. I don't know. Like, you know, what the fun things I have to say that I think the last five days of just my career have been the most proud I've ever been of like a group of individuals. We spent the last three months reevaluating our entire business yep. and never saying we should uh, do less. We thought we should do more. We, sh- we thought we should change. We thought we should adjust. We thought we should elevate. We thought we should tweak. And I think over the last five days, we've seen all of that and we've done amazing work. Yep. And we've seen like, you know, after three months off, I think Ariad is the best restaurant it's ever been, and I think Nave is the best restaurant I've ever been. It's just weird, right? Because right. it's a half the dining room, and we're wearing masks, and there's sanitizing stations, and there's little signs on the floor. But I think, you know, I can sleep at night knowing that, like, my staff did everything possible to, like, one, the last three months were daunting, and, like, you know, I, I had a conversation with one of... Uh, my people the other day and they were just having a real hard day and they were just like, you know, it's been depressing the last three months and it feels good to be able to like cook again and like do real food again. And they were just like so emotional. They were almost in tears and it, and it, it felt, you know, I'm not going to say it felt good, but it, I felt great being able to provide that for people, you know, because for me too, like I just, I think my anxiety was at an all-time high in the last five days. Maybe it was just lack of sleep and all these kind of things, but, like, they – we really pushed through, and we put out, like, great, great food and great service, and, like, we just got better across the board, you know? And um, we've dealt with so many things, more so than just the thing. We lost one of our employees. We, like uh, – we – I don't know. It's been very emotional, yep. you know? And um, – at the same time, trying to keep everyone safe and, like, how do they feel? What are you going through? Can I help you? Like, I don't know. It's been tough. It's been tough, yep. and I think the last five days have been, like, exhausting and but very good because you see people smiling again. You see people laughing again. You see people, like, oh, the, the kitchen and the restaurant world is uh, it's, uh, it's an environment all in and of itself. You know, and those people that really love it, you can see it. And when they're in that environment again, they're happy, you know. And I'm like, I'm one of those animals that love, like, I started doing this. I mean, I worked at an Applebee's when I was 17, and I was like, man, I fucking love this shit. I mean, not necessarily that place, but, like, the environment of a restaurant. And And now, 
Coconut Grove can eat good in the neighborhood. Now, <laughs> and Nick's back, everyone. <laughs> Nick is back. Hey. Hey. So, I don't know. I mean, I guess only time will tell. I mean, we need to stay, like, super strong over the next. We need to be very smart. We need to be very smart because, yeah, people came out the first five days, but that's not guaranteed for the next five months. Right. And we, I very much envision that the next fucking six months is going to be tough. You know, I feel like it's going to be a situation that we're going to have days like today that nobody comes. And then we're going to have days like uh, Saturday that we did fairly well and it was high energy and the mood was good and the vibe was good and everything was good. And we're just going to roll with it. Like we're going to fucking just do whatever we can. Right. Right. Right, Manny. Yep. There it is. There you go. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, Fun things like, you know, we're cooking food again. Harriet's introducing a tasting menu. We're talking about Nave brunch. They just locked that door. Like, just locked it. You know, Nave's going to introduce brunch, and we're talking about brunch soon. Harriet started brunch this past weekend, and that was cool. Um, And it's good to see, you know, for me to see, like, the younger staff and, like, these super talented younger chefs that I have, like, grow and kind of take the reins on their own and uh, just kind of, like, do their thing. It's been nice so yeah i think that's all the good things anything else that you want to get into of course there's a million and a half things happening in the world we don't have to get into that today or even now i'm not somebody who's a proponent what's something you want to get into no Uh, let's talk about what nick wants to talk about no no no. i guess i I, I talk about what i want to talk about all the time yeah i'm aware (laughs) i'm well so so it's really up to you i just want to make sure that we can cut it off here or if there's other stuff you want to get into that doesn't have anything to do with where we've been so far, then we don't. Oh, we can cut it off here. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Pancom Podcast. Thank you for joining us. This is the first time in quite a while that we've recorded at Ariette. Uh, so, uh, you know, there's that. And uh, hopefully it's an indication that we're going to be moving slowly, even if crawling, back in the direction of something resembling normal. Um, and uh, yeah shameless plug time I'll do them for Mike you can find Mike uh, as Pig Inc P-I-G-I-N-C on all of the things uh, you can find Pancong Podcast at Pancong Podcast on all the social media things also find episodes of Pancong Podcast at datamag.com slash Pancong Podcast rate review us we're on Apple Podcasts Google, uh, Google Play Music uh uh, Google Podcasts, Stitcher SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, all that shit. Uh, and then finally, DadeMag.com for all of the other stuff we do, including, to Mike's point about what does Nick want to talk about, uh, a recent written uh, rant, which is what I'm calling my op-eds. Uh, for me, I'm going to be a little more active in terms of just writing things so that I don't have to dump all of my brain diarrhea on Mike's podcast. So, uh, don't so you it. ever, sir. Don't you ever stop. Is that what you, you don't yeah, want me to stop dumping it here? Yeah. So, uh, so that's it. Uh, we will, uh, we'll be back next time. And, uh, thanks for joining us. Bye.